In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I love stories. As soon as I could read chapter books as a young girl, I tore through several novels every week. Each book seemed to me like uncharted territory waiting to be explored. Well, as I grew up, I became more extroverted and less of a bookworm, but I found that I still loved stories, but that I preferred real-life stories to fiction novels. Indeed, every person is like a book that is waiting to be read. Every person has a unique story to share. Each person's story is so different, just as each individual is different. No two of us are alike, just like snowflakes. And no two of our stories are alike. No two of our personalities are alike. Just as the pattern of our life's events are unique, and our physical characteristics are unique, our personalities and their uniqueness can be employed in good ways or in bad ways. And part of the bad news is that our whole being, since it is tainted by sin after that fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, even our personalities then can be tainted by sin And this means that those neutral things about us, the idiosyncrasies or the quirks that might otherwise be harmless or cute or endearing or used for positive purposes, those very things can become tools that we warp for our own selfish gain. Well, there is hope for you and there is hope for me. Thank God. And we see this hope in both of our lessons for today, where we see hinge moments in the lives of two of the greatest apostles, those leaders in the early church, Peter and Paul. Throughout the Gospels, we see Peter acting with characteristic boldness, proudly and unabashedly putting himself forward. Peter takes great risks But these risks often betray a faith that is simply in his own abilities and knowledge and not in God. Remember how Peter jumps out of the boat to walk on water, only to begin to sink because his faith is not in Jesus, but is in himself. Remember how Peter boldly offers to set up tents on the Mount of Transfiguration, even though he has no idea what just happened. Remember how Peter makes the astonishing proclamation at Caesarea Philippi that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then he turns around the next moment and boldly rebukes Jesus for prophesying about his own death. Well, I seem to understand Peter's boldness in light of a class that I took in college on acting from Shakespeare. Our homework in this class involved memorizing six six lines of Shakespeare's text every night. In the morning, we would come in, we would warm up, and then we would all stand in a circle. 
And we took turns stepping into the center of that circle and speaking our text. It took a combination of fear and courage to be the first person in the middle of that circle. On one level, you had to be bold enough to break the ice and step forward first. But on another level, by going first, you became the baseline by which others would compare themselves. And so in other words, if you were first, you were spared from the fear of failing to measure up to those who had gone before. Well, if the disciples were a Shakespearean circle... Peter would be always the first one in the ring. His bold actions were a combination of courage and fear and that proud desire to stand out. Peter's bold personality is tainted by sin and pride. We see this most especially in the night before Jesus' death. There in the upper room, Jesus told the disciples that they would all fall away. Peter protests and says boldly, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Peter has to be first, doesn't he? As though he said to Jesus, These jokers, they don't really love you, but I love you. I love you more than they love you. I will never fall away. Jesus knows just how specifically Peter's personality, Peter's whole being, is warped by sin. Jesus knows that Peter denied knowing him three times on the night before his death, just hours after Peter swore that he would never do that. Jesus knows that Peter's boldness is joined with the fear that if he's associated with Jesus, he too will be arrested And Jesus, knowing all of this, forgives Peter and restores him to relationship with him in a very specific way. There, on the beach of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus invites his disciples to come and eat a meal with him. After the meal, he looks at Peter and he asks him so specifically, Do you love me more than these? He refers here to Simon Peter's claim in the upper room that he loves Jesus more than the other disciples do. Peter responds to Jesus with characteristic enthusiasm. Yes, Lord, you know that I do. When Jesus asks him the question the second time, Peter replies in kind, but perhaps he's surprised or confused that Jesus has repeated the question. Then, the third time, Jesus asks the same question, and Peter is grieved. Now he understands that by asking him three times, Jesus refers consciously to Peter's threefold denial of him. Peter is humbled and contrite in the presence of his risen Lord. He relives the sorrow that gripped him so bitterly right after he denied Jesus that night. This here on the beach of the Sea of Galilee is a moment of repentance for Peter. He responds to Jesus with humility. Lord, you know everything. 
You know that I love you. Jesus forgives him because Jesus bore the burden of Peter's very particular sin, his pride, when Jesus died on the cross. Jesus restores Peter to right relationship with God. From that moment on, Peter's unthinking boldness would no longer be simply used for his own selfish gain, but rather it was turned over to be an instrument gradually honed to serve God's purposes, despite the fact that he would continue to fail in certain ways and not always get it right. We see this a few weeks later on Pentecost, where Peter has the blind courage to stand up and begin preaching to crowds in Jerusalem, and 3,000 souls are saved. We see it in the temple where Peter has the faith to risk saying to a man lame from birth, rise, get up and walk in Jesus' name. Peter has the courage also to preach the gospel to the Roman centurion, Cornelius, breaking down the barriers then between Jews and Gentiles. Just like Peter, the apostle Paul, also experienced a hinge moment in his life when he woke and realized the depth of his sin, the very particularity of his sin. The crucified and risen Jesus encountered Paul on the road to Damascus, and Paul's life was forever changed. As many of you know, I recently had the wonderful opportunity to visit Advent missionaries in Nicaragua, Mike and Lauren Dibert, along with Elizabeth Elliott. And there we went to see this vocational school where our missionaries teach blacksmithing to young Nicaraguan men. We got to see how the forge works, and we even got to try our hand at some blacksmithing. I was in awe watching the steel rods heat up in the forge. When they were red and hot enough to mold, then they were brought out and hammered and shaped into being useful tools or beautiful designs. Just like Peter and Paul, you and I are also like those rods of steel To push the metaphor even further, we could say that in our particularity, we are each a certain kind of alloy, meant to serve a certain purpose. But we warp what we've been given through our sin. And yet there is hope. God desires to use us for his glory. And it might be different than Peter and Paul. Our stories might not be as great, and yet they will be great for us in our own particularity. God has a story that is specific to our unique design, and he has a purpose for our specific personality. And so as our story is tied into the truth of God's salvation for us, we have the hope of freedom, the hope that when we fail in ways that are so specific and idiosyncratic to us, God does not scrap us, but rather he puts us back into the forge, into the fire of his love, and that we, in our humility, as we are grieved by our sin and we turn to Jesus Christ in faith, we are like that red hot steel 
that I saw in the Nicaraguan forge, ready to be transformed by God's fire, willing to be shaped by the Holy Spirit into a unique instrument for God's purposes. And so we pray with faith and we ask, Lord Jesus Christ, come, be known to us, Forgive us for the ways that we have failed you and restore us and remake us for your own glory, we pray. Amen.